I begin this episode by acknowledging the Gugul Yulanji people, the traditional custodians of the land on which this episode was recorded. I pay respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and I extend that very same respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners of this podcast. Welcome to the Coconut Wireless Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Lardner. Now, what the Coconut Wireless Podcast is, for anyone who's uh, new to the podcast and joining us for the first time, uh, what, it, what it is, is a, uh, it's a platform for people within, the, uh, within and, and adjacent to the Pacifica community to come on and, and share their stories and experiences about whatever journey they've been on. Um, yeah, as I always say, yeah, we, we've had um, been blessed to have uh, sports people, um, you know, business people, all kinds of you know, wonderful, wonderful people who've been on uh, very unique journeys and you know, each of them with their own unique lessons that they've been good enough to come on this podcast and, and share and, and you know, in the hopes that people listening uh, can gain insights and you know, possibly even inspiration from those stories uh, you know, to, to impact uh, their own journeys that they're on, you know, be they personal or professional or a, a bit of both. So that's that's what the podcast is. Now, my uh, guest today is a very, very highly accomplished rugby union player. He's of uh, Fijian nationality, but he's uh, you know, truly sort of an international uh, athlete in in every sense of the world. word. He started off in, uh, in rural Fiji. Um, funnily enough, in a place, uh, it's called Singatoka, uh, but the, uh, it's known as Rugby Town. And he, uh, yeah, he, he moved to New Zealand and then Australia. Uh, he's represented Australia on, on both a club and national level. And then he, he's, he's been over in the UK in Japan. He's currently in Japan. That's where he was when we recorded this episode. Uh, Tangele Nairovoro, uh, just absolute um yeah he's an absolute superstar and 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 the thing to to um which yeah, comes up in the episode the thing to sort of note is that most of the clubs that he if, if not all of the clubs that he's been at have you know he's been there during peak periods in their performance you know he the waratahs in 2014 they won their that, that was the last time they won their title uh, some would say that was the last time the team was any good. Um, he was there for that. He came in halfway through that season, slotted in magnificently, um, and then you know, moved on to Japan. And then you know, he's so each each program that he's gone into has been a high high performing program. And then he's you know, he's taken lessons from each of them onto his next the next phase of his career. So he you know, he's not. Yeah, not a journeyman in the traditional sense. He, he he's he's sort of this a very very different kind of um, yeah internationally hopping athlete where he's sort of enhancing himself at every stage in his career. So it's fantastic to see and and he was good enough to join me on this podcast and and uh, and give his insights 
and to you know, his career and, and, and you know, what sort of drove him at different stages. So it's a fantastic yarn. I'm so excited that he came on and, and yeah, really excited to bring you this story. So without further ado, uh, here's my chat with Dangele Nairovoro. My guest in the Bure today is uh, Fijian-born Tangele Nairovoro, a highly decorated rugby union player who has international caps with the Australian Wallabies and the Barbarians representative side to his name, as well as club caps for the New South Wales Waratahs, Glasgow Warriors, Panasonic Wild Knights, Northampton Saints, and of course his current club, the mighty NEC Green Rockets. Tangele, it's an absolute pleasure and a privilege to have you on the Coconut Wireless. Welcome to the show. Oh, another journey for It's a pleasure. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Now you, um, you're originally from uh, Singapore or uh, Rugby Town, as it's called in in Fiji. Uh, just for the people who haven't had the pleasure of of, of visiting uh, that part of Fiji, that part of the world, uh, could you just tell us a little bit about uh, what it's like there? Uh, yeah. Uh, firstly, I'm uh, I'm from Mesawa. Um, oh, sorry. My, yeah, yeah. My dad's from Mesawa. It's fine. But uh, my mom's from uh, Singapore, in Nandong. Oh, uh, yeah. So I was mainly brought up uh, in my mom's side of uh, yeah throughout my childhood. So yeah, uh, yep. it's a rugby town. Um, obviously, the name <laughs> speaks for itself. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's where I actually um, grew the passion of playing rugby um, growing mm-hmm. up. And it's crazy. Did you play for Nandro? I got the chance to. Uh, gained the squad, yes, when I under 20s. And um, yeah, wow. before, yeah, before I went into the main team, I had to leave to start my league journey in New Zealand. So, Mm-mm. unfortunately. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, talk, talking about um, your league journey, because lot, lot you, you're obviously so well known for what you've done in rugby union, but you, you really sort of started turning heads as a rugby league player. Could you? Just um, take take me and the listeners through how how you got into rugby league. Um, first, I think uh, I, w- I was playing uh, sevens and tens for Naronga uh, mm-hmm. rugby, and um, that's when I because uh, before that I played uh, Fijian Bati um, under twenties when I was in, in high school, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so that's when uh, one of the scouts from New Zealand came and um, talked to me about going over to play for the Otago Leopards. Um, yeah. In Auckland, so uh, that's uh, that. That was my ticket out of uh, out of Fiji to yeah. try and um, yeah make it. Um, yeah, so we spent a year there. Um, it was it was it was tough just because um, you never really played out of league. Yeah. Um, just just in high school, as union is always big um, in Fiji, as you know. So um, yeah, so we spent a year in New Zealand and then um, got offered to play for the West Tigers on the twenties. Mm. Um, so fortunate enough to start that journey with uh, Marika. Yep. Um, yeah, so we spent about four years together, um, 2010 to 2014. Then I made yeah. the switch. Yeah, so um, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It, it was it was it was tough, but um, it, it is um, what it has got me in today. Um, sure. League, the league mentality and um, getting to know that then the the professional environment. Um, yeah. Yeah, it really taught me a lot, you know, playing with um, the likes of training with the likes of Benji Marshall, Lotte Tsunkiri, and yeah. all the big names in the NRL really um, yeah. laid the foundation of uh, becoming uh, a professional. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 such a common. Well, it's it's somewhat common now to hear about um, people like yourself who grow up w- with a union background, um, finding their way into league through your know, scouts finding them or just opportunities presenting themselves for you. And you talked about you know the, how difficult coming into the the new code was. What what sort of systems or programs or training did they have for you? to sort of help you adjust to um, the, the different game that, that rugby league is to rugby union? Oh, we, uh, I, well, obviously in high school when we first started playing league, we just, uh, we learned it just from watching the game. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah, watching it on TV or when the origin always happens or NRL. Um, mm. Yeah, so we just learned by watching it. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, thankfully when league was being represented in high school, they held um, uh, rugby league clinics for high school students and players okay. that want they're interested. So that's how we started learning playing league in Fiji. Mm. Um, but then uh, it's kind of another whole different level when you go over to Australia and how they <laughs> they train. Because that's when I became a pro in 2011 as a professional yeah. with uh, with the West Tigers uh, NRL squad. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a, it's a whole different level from from the <laughs> clinics. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, personally for me, I, I learn a lot more if I'm just watching, and then I'll, yeah. I'll just yeah. So um, yeah, I had to we have to watch a whole lot of clips and a lot of skills and how they how they um, play play league originally. So sure, and they just tell us just grab the ball and don't drop it, just run straight. <laughs> <laughs> now you um, you you made the switch in 2014 to. Um, the to the Waratahs and New South Wales Waratahs, who, uh, yeah, that was obviously their premiership year. At the time when you came over, they would have been a very strong side. But what what was it that that check Michael Checker, the coach, then was it him that approached you, or like how, how what was it that convinced you to make that switch from the Tigers, which was a great opportunity for you, to um, the Waratahs? <clears throat> oh, I. I was just recently telling the story, um, reminiscing this story with my uh, my current agent, uh, Tyron Smith, about um, when we made the switch. Yeah. Um, actually, Jeremy was um, it was kind of for me at that time, 2014 was when the Tigers no longer um, needed to have my services. Okay. Um, yeah. So after I came back from a broken ankle, um, he came to me and said that um, West Tigers weren't um, going to offer me anything and. At that time, it was pretty tight from every NRL club about sure. um, signings and stuff. So for me, um, honestly, I was I was just telling him the thing on uh, last week, Thursday, Thursday or Friday, we're having a talk about this, just reminiscing about uh, the past and stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So for me, I, I, I've actually told him that I wanted to go back to Fiji. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So I actually told him, I was like, man, I think this is it. Um, if I'm not going to make it in and I will probably just go back and actually go back and play for Nandronga or try something else. Because um, yep. at that time, uh, my wife now was uh, pregnant with our first daughter. So mm-hmm. I was in a bit of uh, just stressed, not uh, yeah, really stressed on how to provide and um, what I want to do next. Um, so then he throws in and just says, uh, mate, we try rugby union. Just, just in the conversation and... I was like, oh, like I, I haven't played it in four years since I left PG, but um, <laughs> so he said, never um, so then he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, I think um, 
Benfica can set up something with uh, Michael Checa. And at that time, I think Alofa and Peter Beetham were injured. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we literally was just uh, a roll of a dice. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, so we met up with Czech on that Saturday. I think they came back from a funeral of a Whitecliff Palu's um, dad or yeah, I think uh. one of his parents. Yeah, so we met we met up with Michael Czech on that afternoon and he mm-hmm. was telling me about um, how he was always interested in league players converting to Union. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we was, it, was, it was just, uh, I think, a roll of a dice. And, and I had to back myself in what I was um, trying to accomplish for myself, not knowing what was going to happen. Sure. Um, well, yeah, so, yeah, we were just talking about it last week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just yeah, just yeah, looking yeah. back yeah, in, the, in the journey coming through. Um, the timing yeah. is, is amazing. It's, yeah, yeah obviously... Yeah, it's sad for Alof and uh, and Peter Beetham that yeah you know, they they had injuries around that time, but um, yeah, worked out well for you and and you yeah. obviously gone on. What to that coming into that side because I know yeah you know, as a fan um, this was you know, sort of pre drawer so Waratahs were my team at the time and we were going to games every like every home game we were going to and there was you're know, just. From the fans' perspective, in 2014, there was such a such a great feeling around you know, being a Waratahs fan. For you to come into that club as you know, as a player, as an employee, I suppose, what was it like for you coming into that group? What was the feeling like? Nervous. Yep. Very nervous. Yep. Um, what, what, what sort of an environment was it? Was it was it like? Was it just like heavily focused, or did like yeah? What sort of a place was it to? To, to walk into, I guess. I, to be honest, I wasn't expecting anything in specific. Um, sure. But knowing what, I, I followed the Waratahs that year, just so ha- funnily, like, just um, happened to watch their games and stuff every now and then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting anything walking into um, on my first day of training. Mm-hmm. And just in the awe of, you know, players such as Israel, um, Ashley Cooper, mm-hmm. Bernard Foley, Dave Dennis, and Stephen Hoyles, all all the Wallaby players and yeah. Just in the whole I was shocked and I was nervous. And yeah. I didn't know like how to like you know, to 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 go into this group. And they yeah. opened they they welcomed me with open arms. Um they treated me like um you know like a brother straight away. Yeah. Um, took me straight in, and, and yeah, for me, I, that that really helped me with yeah. um, with just going in and just playing my game, and especially mm-hmm. to um, um, AC Ashley Cooper for always uh, helping me out. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. So um, yeah. So man, it, I, I was I was originally nervous, but um, it, yeah. the nervousness went straight away after the first day of training. Mm. Um, felt like I was already in the squad like for a yeah. long time, and yeah. So. Yeah, it was such a. The focus was always in at training, like hundred percent, always over. Yeah. Um, as soon as you step off, and it's just like it's just normal. Yeah, and okay. that, that's what that's what really that's what was really good about them is that they knew when to switch on and when to switch off. Um, yeah, kind of yeah, and it really helped. And like coming into that squad, the seeing the level of brotherhood that they have, the level of connection. And the culture that uh, Cheka has built that yeah. year for for the Warriors was really strong, and and like it was it was a true brotherhood connection that year. Yeah, 
Oh, that's amazing. Can I just ask, sorry, and this is purely just from my own um, interest, what what was Jacques Pocita like as a uh, as a <laughs> teammate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jacques. Ah. Oh, man, he's... Um... He's, uh, he's, he's, he's a different breed. <laughs> <laughs> he's the nicest guy, nicest guy. Yeah. Like, um, top, top guy. Um, yeah. He's just a different breed. He's, he's, a, he's a good bloke. He, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's all I can say. He's a different breed. I was, nice uh, man. yeah, no, no, we, uh, as a fan, I was, I was very, very happy he was on our side. So it's, <laughs> it's good to hear. Yeah. What, um, yeah, check, check, check is, is such a, yeah, and it's partly, well, I'm mainly due to the media, but check is such a sort of, um, polarizing figure, you know, and especially during his time at the Wallabies. There were so many things written about him um, that perhaps didn't paint him in the in the best light. But for you, as someone who actually knew the guy and worked with him uh, day in day out, both at the Waratahs and then you know, while while you were um, while while you were in in camp with the Wallabies as well under his tutelage, like what what, what kind of a man was or is Michael Checker to to sort of work under? Um, firstly, he hit me as someone that. Um... He gives you straight. He um, mm. tells you how it is, uh, which is what I actually really liked about him. Uh, yep. Liked about working with him, and um, and he's at th that time when I first met him, he really made the squad um, really close, like a family, the culture, mm. like I was saying before, and um, he really laid that foundation with, you know, and just openly and and honestly, um, you know, telling players how. They were performing and how they were doing like every time after the game or you know when we have a reviews in the middle of the week um yeah so we're just good and that's what i respect about coaches that how they tell you how it is yeah and yeah they're not being around the bush um i think that's what really um set uh check apart from other mm. coaches is that he tells you straight and yeah. which is you know sometimes it's it's hard but something but every time it's always good to hear sure. the, open, the, the honest opinion of a uh, coach. I think that's how he's always done his uh, old school approach yeah. to, to things. And I think it really worked. Yeah, I mean, it did really work for for, for us there, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And what, was it was it the following year that you got your, in 2015, sorry, that you got your um, your first start, uh, or your first uh, cap for the Wallabies? You, uh, it was against the US, yeah? Yes, yeah. 2015. Yeah. yeah. What was that Follow like? Just getting 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 the tap on the shoulder, um, knowing that you were going to be your part of that game day squad. What was that like for you? Oh, it was like I've I've always told people about. Um, I always get a lot of questions about playing for Australia and or playing for Fiji and yeah and stuff. Even if I've regretted, I was like, no, nah, I actually don't regret playing for Australia, even if I've only played two games. Um, yeah. I never regretted playing for Australia because that was a dream that I never had. If you know yeah, what I mean? Like sure. I, I've always yeah. dreamt about playing for Fiji, representing your country and where you're born and bred. But to be able to wear a jersey and represent a country that you never dreamt of, I think was yeah, something that I'll, I'll always take. And um, yeah, uh, for me, I was really excited. I mean, for one thing that was really helpful, and again, <coughs> all the excuse me, the squad at that Wallabies time. 
me when I was at the World Stars, it was pretty much like I was already playing the World Series, if you know what I mean. We had yep. the bats, and like I was so used to playing yeah. with Ashley Cooper, Billy Bill, um, Falau, um, Rob Horn, Holy, mm. and you know Nick Phipps. Like we already, I felt like we've already yeah. been in that in that combination, and that's what really helped me. Um, kind of took the nerves off, you know, playing yeah. playing for Australia, and that's what again Czech um, talked to me about. No, it's the same game. He told me that before that game yeah. day about uh, me playing that game against America and saying, you know, it's just a different jersey, same game, sure. different venue, yeah. and you're playing with the same players that I've always played with the whole year. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, that kind of like really took like a lot of uh, like nervousness and just a lot of like anxiety off. Um, yeah, uh, running out for Australia. So that's that's what really that was a key key moment for me. Mm, yeah, well, I mean, you can't have been too nervous because you you scored off your first touch, didn't you? Once you came yeah. on, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, how was uh, how how was that? Just getting over the line and all the boys running up. That <laughs> <laughs> no, was no, I've always like I was like I was going to take Kelly Bill and Holy. They just they were you just we just pass it to you and just so like just throw it. I just always tell them that just throw it. Just throw it and I'll, I'll I'll take care of the rest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your 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 other your other test your other cap for the Wallabies was was a part of that. It, it was game three against England, was it? Yes, the June test, two thousand sixteen. Yeah, yeah my and you, and you yeah. scored in that one as well, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How? Because yeah, and that was that 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 was unfortunately a, a whitewash series that that yeah. um, the England. Um, yeah, play very well in against your know, Wallaby side that played very well as well. What what sort of lessons did did you and the rest of the squad um, take out of that? I, I know you came in in game three, but you know there would have been conversations post post match or in the days after. What what what, what positives were you able to take out of that? Oh, making me think all the way back then. <laughs> so <Sorry, yeah. laughs> <laughs> um. Um, yeah, obviously that was that wasn't a really good um, test series for us. Sure. I, I was yeah. coming in from Glasgow, I think. There, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I came in straight. I think uh, we finished from Glasgow and I played about two games with the Waratahs, and then yeah. joined the camp. Um, so everything was still pretty up and down for me at the moment, mm. traveling and and everything with my family. Um, yeah, but that was really tough after the first game. You know, we really had to think and sit down and say, like, you know, we they, they are here at our home, mm. firstly, and, you know, we can't, you know, let them, you know, um, beat us this this kind of score. And, and it, was, it wasn't really a, a close score as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, yeah, after the, like we had that second week, we took it on a training, but oh, like I said, like you can train as hard as you can, yeah. but, you know, it's always... But it's how you turn out on the game day that's always important. Um, sure. And I think we trained really hard for that three weeks. Like, we really pushed ourselves. The boys worked hard. Um, but it just wasn't meant to be, I think, for us. And yeah. I think that's just plain simple. And, you know, and I think the boys really grew from that as well um, mm -hmm. in the future. Yeah. yeah. So, But that was, unfortunately, that was my last time um, yeah. to um, yeah, spend with the Wallabies there, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You people, people would look at yeah, and it's, this is casual fans would who maybe aren't that familiar with the game would might look at you know, athletes like yourself who 
you know, you've got the natural gifts of size and speed and strength and think, well, you know, that's, that's enough to sort of succeed at, at the elite level. But there's so much work that must go on, I'm sure goes on uh, off the field, you know, both the training and then what you do independently by yourself, that, those extras that they talk about. Could you just give me and the listeners a little bit of an insight into um, your, how much work like you and your other professional athletes do outside of you know, what we see on the cameras and that kind of thing? <clears throat> Excuse me, yeah. Um, I obviously, yes, like, like you know, I'll just reiterate what you said, you know, fans and people that come and watch the game, you know, obviously they see the finished product of, of what you've been doing. And yeah, it's, there is definitely, you know, there are times where you know, we had to, um, I was saying this to my manager again last week about, um, so he's, you know, he runs this kind of um, training every Saturdays at four in the morning at Kuji Stairs. Yeah, well, I've been to them Kuji Stairs. Yeah, so we, yeah. we do that. I think we did that for about two years, yeah. straight Saturdays with him. And you know, just doing that and mentally, it's, it's not so much about fitness um, when you do those kind of sessions off off the field. It's not so much about um, just trying to strengthen those areas that you want to strengthen. It's just mentally. I think the mental yep. mental, mental win is, is the key. And then fitness follows in afterwards, if you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, so, yeah, yes, absolutely. yeah, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of work sacrifices, like I said, you know, early mornings and... Um, most of the times you wouldn't have to go out and uh, stay up late or go to yeah. uh, Sydney City for you know, nights out and that. So there was yeah. a lot of sacrifice. And, you know, like and when I started my journey in professional, um, being a professional athlete, me and Marika, we, you know, we did a lot of sacrifices as well. We um, mm-hmm. trained when no one was looking. We did our extra sessions, did our extra high balls. We always go down to the park and get them some kickings and catching and, and it was just pretty much been him for about four yep. years and in, in that in that time. And yeah, there's yep. a lot there's a lot of work that goes to uh, goes towards it. And yep. I think the more the harder you work and the harder you try and perfect perfect those skills, it, it will mm. show on that on that final day. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so like you said, man, that's there was a lot of hard work that went behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Your um so you you you've moved uh, initially from the Waratahs. You moved off to uh, Glasgow to play with the Warriors. What was in that in that competition the the the, um, the competition over there in uh, in the UK? What were the main differences? I'm sure there were lots, but what were some of the, like the, the the first things to that you noticed in terms of how the the Warriors sort of trained and and how the how the teams played over there that was different from Super Rugby. Personally, it was the weather. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, so, I mean, it, it sounds simplistic, but you, mm. you, you, you're generally playing to conditions, right? Like you, you can't yeah. play the same yeah. kind of style, right? Yeah, we can't. Um, that, that year in Glasgow, it was it's pretty much the coldest place I've ever played, honestly. Yep. And I think we played about four games that wasn't raining. Um, yeah, okay. Every other game was always muddy, muggy, like just like at my first game, I think at the first 20 minutes it started snowing. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I, was wow. out, I, was, <laughs> I was out in the wing. I think I came in on a Thursday and then played Saturday on yeah. my first round and then we played Scarlet or something and 
I was standing in the sideline with <laughs> snow coming down. And I looked back and I was like, like is it really like snow right now? And, did part of you wonder like, when they were going to call it off? Or? Oh, man. And it was just 30 minutes into the game. And I haven't even touched one ball yet. <laughs> um, yeah, then Stuart, Stuart Hogg was our fullback that time. And he looked at me like, like welcome to Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's it's crazy. No, but yeah, we at times we focus on more of a forwards game most of the yep. time. Um, yeah, and it is that weather dictates a lot of how they play that side. Sure, but the skills they have, you know, similar skills, similar speed in yep. in Super Rugby and some competitions and some teams play similarly to how um, Super Rugby teams play, mm. which is which is which is good. Um, yeah, so I think. You know, most of the times it's it's more forwards play. Forwards yeah. have more fun than than backs in the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was seeing guys like um, Big Will Skelton coming back from from playing over there, and it much better mm. for it. Like a few seasons over there. So you mm. um, and then and then sort of moving on to your time in J- in Japan um, at the clubs you played with over there. Like how what what's what's the culture like there? Because there's a lot of like corporate teams. As well as like, like what what what's it like to are they are they sort of a bit more sort of are they strict over there or is it just like is it more of like a proper workplace or what what's it like what's the what's the I guess the work culture like in the in the clubs there? Oh, it's um it's you know it's grown so much from I think where it was before. Sure. Uh, from what from what people are saying before back in the day when they started playing rugby. Um, yep. But it's pretty much the same as um, Super Rugby clubs or any rugby club. Uh, really, mm. you, you know, you have professional players. You have this amount of professional players, and then you have about five or six workers okay. um, that work for the company as well. So yeah, right. But it, everything else is the same, like same um, schedule day in day out. Um, sure. As as yeah, Super Rugby or as other comps. <laughs> you have your own gyms. You have your build and. But it's the thing is the thing in Japan is um, you get a lot more time off after okay. yeah after the season yeah and um, yeah so but I think there's about six pre-season games that that's that's a bit that makes it a bit long okay and then the in-game season you only have about twelve games and then you have about three or four months off before you start yeah, pre-season right. again so it's it's you no know, it's good on the body personally I think yeah. every every player that'll come. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from from France and from everywhere else, they'll come to Japan yeah. just because it's good for the body. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so it, it's it's a similar environment to um, other areas, and I'm I'm grateful that you know, it is growing really quickly yeah. in Japan. As yeah. you can see, like in the World Cup and and stuff that they've been have been um, doing here, and you know, it's companies as um, as teams, which is good. Mm. And yeah, yeah, it's it's really good, man. We're enjoying it. The culture is good. Um, people yep. here. Uh, fabulous. Um, yeah. yeah, you can leave your wallet out in the train and come back the next day and still be there. Yeah, wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's really, which is surprising. <laughs> so, sorry, where, where where are you? Where are you based in in Japan at the moment? Uh, so now I'm currently with the NEC Green Rockets. Mm. Yeah. Um, so we're based out in uh, prefects in Chiba, but in oh, Japan, beautiful. So that, yeah, so it's about an hour, an hour, yeah, an hour from Tokyo. Yeah, <clears throat> I think we're the only team, or one of the only teams that is out of Tokyo. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of other teams are just around um, Tokyo, like 10, 
15 minutes from sure. Tokyo, so convenient for them. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, 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 less travel time. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. how, how's, was there much of a culture shock when you first um, moved over to, uh, to well, it would have been with Wild Nights, I suppose, um, yeah. your, your first stint in Japan. Was there much of a culture shock or, or is it, you know, w- was there enough of a sort of expat group there to soften the blow? I was, like, at first, like, you're moving into a whole, like, it's not like you're moving into, um, like, an English-speaking country. Like, I, it yep. was always, always, it was really a culture shock. It was a big culture shock for me and my wife and my two two daughters at that time. Um, yep. So it was, but it was, like, a good experience, like, a fun experience. It wasn't, sure. um, you know, like, bad or anything. So, but, and we were lucky enough to have, you know, the top team and top staff, for Wild yeah. Nights and at Robbie Deans and um, Barry Barnes, who was one of the senior players here. Yeah. Um, and I, I came in with Pocock. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so we had a really good uh, bunch That's of an foreigners. Side. Yeah. So <laughs> we had a good bunch of foreigners around us, and yeah, which is which is why we came back to Japan after uh, Northampton because we enjoyed it. We had yeah. a good year there. Yeah. So unfortunately, I had to go back and. Um, did my stint with Super because I signed three years with Banner. Um, right. Yeah, so after the first year, I had to go back to Australia. Um, but yeah, I've always told myself that, you know, like, you know going through the future, I would love to come back again. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, so this is why we, we came then, back. Shout out to NEC for... for uh, well, shout out to NEC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, just just a couple of quick fire questions yeah. and, then, and then I'll let you go. You've been very, very uh, generous with your time. Um, who's the toughest, toughest player just off the top of your head that you played against? Toughest player. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I put you on the spot. (laughs) No, no, it's, uh, it's, not so much tougher, but I think one of the people that I've actually found it hard to actually grab or to yep. play against is probably Scott Scott Berger. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but for opposite side winger, we go there's two like Julian Savia. Yeah. And um Tesova is definitely up there as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, what's the, your your favorite ground that you played at? The ground I played at is uh, Wembley. London. Wembley, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, who's the um, who's the most fun as a as a teammate, either on or off the field? Just someone who made you laugh or was fun to be around. Um, I think Tolu Latu is going to kill me if I don't say his name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go. Um, yeah, Tolu is. Uh, yeah, Tolu. When I jumped into the scene for Union, he's um, he was one of my really close mates, and always he still oh, is. No. And, yeah, but yeah, we had we had sometimes um, no one off the field. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> oh, no. Shout out to Tolu. I'll leave, I'll leave it, yeah. Leave yeah, it no, there. that's good. That's good. I don't want to get you in trouble. All right, brother. Look, um, this has been a great chat. I really appreciate your time. Um, yeah, it's been great. Best of luck 
uh, with the rest of your season uh, with uh, with the Green Rockets. And uh, thank you again. Thanks, Tarunaka. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, thank you. Pleasure being on the show and your podcast. And thank you for having me. Appreciate the time. Oh, Naka. Thank you. And thank you so much to Tangele for coming on and, and sharing his journey that he's obviously still on at the moment, playing his trade over there in uh, in Japan with the mighty Green Rockets. And also you, the listeners, for taking your time to to tune in and, and, and listen to his story. It's um it, yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. I'm yeah, absolutely thrilled to have had Tangele on. He's, uh, he's a wonderful guy and it's a wonderful journey that he's gone on. So... Really, really, uh, really pleased to have been able to share that with uh, with you, the listeners. Now, if you did enjoy the podcast and you know, you've been following us for a while, um, I'd love it if you could um, like or subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you're listening on. And if you could um, give us a rating as well, you know, both of those two things really sort of combine to to help the podcast uh, you know, on these on these platforms. The algorithms use that data specifically to you know, see how much we pop up on people's feeds and that when they're browsing, and it just helps promote the podcast. So if you if you do have you know, a spare sort of thirty seconds, uh, it's it's the honestly the best and most tangible way of helping this podcast and you know to people who've done it i can't thank you enough it really really does help so much so thank you thank you very very much now a little bit of community news mr jason lemusso uh who of course joined the um joined the coconut wireless on our first episode uh he was our first guest on the first episode uh it's if you haven't listened to it already it's it's a it's a doozy go go on um go and check that one out now last year he had amazing success with the uh, Pacifica Youth Cup, which is a rugby competition, very, very much community-based. Um, there were a number of teams from a number of island nations, well, representing another uh, number of island nations, from Fiji, Tonga, Samoa. There was uh, some cookie teams, Maori um, teams, as well as uh, some uh, Indigenous Australian teams as well. Uh, they all represented their people really, really well. Now that um, that went off huge last year, and Jason won uh, one or two awards, which were very, very, uh, very well deserved for all of the tireless work that he and his team put in. But um, this year, he's actually stepped it up, and he's uh, he's actually go. It's happening at the moment a uh, seniors version of the same competition. So it's the senior Pacifica Youth, uh, sorry, Pacifica Rugby competition. And um, it's being held out at uh, out at the Penrith Emus uh, ground, home ground, out at uh, out of Penrith, of course, in in Western Sydney. It's featuring teams from. I know that there are teams from Fiji, Samoa, Tonga. I believe there's a Cook Island team and possibly a Maori team as well. Not sure that there's an Indigenous Australian team involved in the seniors this year, unfortunately. But look, the um, the comp is going. It's being held uh, next. The I think the final round is sort of next Saturday, which will be uh, the fourth of November. Uh, if you can get out there, if you're in Sydney uh, and you, you, you love your rugby, you want to get uh, in touch with the community, please head out to uh, to Emu Park out there. It's going to be absolutely huge. The last it's been held 
the last two sort of Saturdays, and it's absolutely gone off both uh, both days. So uh, Saturday the fourth, please get out there for the final day. Support the boys. Um, support rugby. It's a it's a community pathway uh, being being um, organised by you know, just one of the one of the most amazing sort of servants of both the game and the Pacifica community uh, that we could hope for. And out of this, I'm led to believe there's possible sort of representative selections that could um, sort of sort of proceed from and, and flower out of this uh, this competition that Jason has has sort of started in conjunction with um, some good people in, the, in New South Wales Rugby Union. Um, look, it's 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 a tangible pathway for our people to go on to possible uh, careers like we've seen with um, Tangele. In, in in his career as well. So uh, if you can get out there and support it, they'd love to have you. And I think you'll you'll get so much out of it. It'll be a great day of rugby. Uh, the final day of the Seniors Pacifica Rugby Competition. Uh, beyond that, uh, that's it from me. Um, I've got a few amazing guests lined up, a uh, mix of sporty and um, yeah, sort of non-sporty as well. So we, we, we sort of, Gearing back into the community a bit as well, I've heard the uh, the very fair feedback around that from from you, the listeners who've who've reached out. Um, really appreciate that. Please keep that coming as well. Tell me, yeah, tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you didn't like as much. Um, it, it all helps, honestly. Um, until next week, please be good to yourselves. Please be good to each other, and I'll catch you then. <laughs>